Hey friends, thank you so much for joining us today, wherever you are, wherever your home is, however you're tuning in. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And I just want to take a second and say, you may not know this, or maybe you know it, and it's just good to hear, but we miss you. We wish that you were with us in this room right now. We wish that we could hug you and embrace you in the lobby, even if it's one of those awkward side hugs. That would even suffice right now. We miss being in fellowship with you the way that we used to be. But we are excited that in this world today, we can still have fellowship with each other. And it's been great to hear about Zoom calls and Google Duos and FaceTimes and and phone calls and however else we're staying in community. And it's so important that you do that. And if you haven't, reach out to us. We want to reach out to you. We want to be in community however we can. But I just want you to know that that pales in comparison to how we really wish we could be doing life with you. And we anticipate and we cannot wait for the day when we're going to get to be reunited in groups larger than 10 and we can have a party and celebrate together, whatever that looks like. It feels like everybody is starting their posts or whatever with this phrase in these crazy times, in these uncertain times. And I'm even doing it myself. I'm starting my message off this way. But there, it, it really is. These are times that we never expected to find ourselves in. There's craziness out there. There are so many emotions being felt. It feels like everybody that I talk to, no matter the demographic, they are going through a range of different emotions. Last week, Pastor Larry talked about one of those emotions that many of us are still feeling even to this day, and that was the emotion of fear. We don't know what this thing is going to be. Maybe you're afraid of what your future is going to look like, how you're going to be able to provide for your family. Maybe you're feeling an emotion of anger. You're angry that you were close to retirement and with the crash of the economy, with with the crash of the stock market, you're watching your 401k disintegrate and and you don't know what retirement is going to look like and that angers you. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed right now, overwhelmed because of the way the media and news is spinning this and you don't know what source to trust. Maybe you're overwhelmed in your own home because you're having to homeschool your kids and you realize that they're smarter than you and you don't know how to teach them. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed because you're spending more time with your spouse than you have in a long time. And maybe you don't see the eye, maybe you don't see eye to eye like you thought you did, and it's causing some tension and some frustration. Maybe you're just feeling this sense of loss because the things that we used to enjoy, the comforts that we used to have, the ways that we used to relax and, and blow off stress, the state parks have been closed. We can't go out into God's creation the way that we used to. We can't go to our favorite wineries. We can't go to our favorite restaurants. We can't entertain people in our homes. And these things that brought us so much joy, we're not able to do them like we used to. Wherever you find yourself in right now, there is this collective feeling of loss, this feeling of of confusion, of what is this? There's this situation that we see in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, many times it's this word called the wilderness, the wilderness. And a lot of times we look at this in negative connotations. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness on the way to the promised land. They were led back into the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness right before he began his ministry. And the wilderness is this time of where we feel like the things that we used to look to for comfort, the things that we look to for security, they abandon us, or in a way they're exposed as being insufficient, that they can't actually provide us with what God was supposed to provide us with. And this week, I had this passage just keep coming up in my mind. I couldn't shake it. It's in the book of Hosea. 
And this is an Old Testament book, a prophet, Hosea, and it's made up of mostly poetry. And Israel finds themselves just like they did all throughout the Old Testament, where God is leading them into a time of wilderness. And we read this in Hosea chapter two in verse 14. It says, however, this is God speaking through Hosea. However, in the future, I will allure her. I will lead her back into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And what we see in this time is, is God's desire is intimacy with his people. It's been that way with Israel. It's been that way with us. And the way that God produces that is through the wilderness. God produces intimacy in the wilderness. Like I said, we see this in negative connotation, but here's my question for you. What if the wilderness wasn't something that we need to be afraid of, but that we see the wilderness as somewhere that God actually does great work? I put here this definition of the wilderness for us for our purposes here today as an experience that creates dependence. What if we looked at the wilderness as an experience that creates a new dependence on God? Like I said, I kept being drawn to this passage in Hosea specifically for this next verse. It says here in verse 15, from there, I will give her back her vineyards. I'm gonna turn the valley of trouble into an opportunity for hope. There she will sing as she did when she was young, when she came up from the land of Egypt. The she he was referring to here is is Israel. This is God speaking poetically to his people. And he says, what if we don't look at this as a valley of trouble, but we see it as an opportunity for hope? Those two labels have stuck in my mind. I have not been able to get them out of my head this week. Because like I said, we have all these emotions going around. We are afraid, we are uncertain. We do not know what is gonna happen. And in a lot of ways, that feels like a valley of trouble. And I just felt God saying to me, what if we didn't look at it this way? What if we weren't afraid of this wilderness? But instead, we saw this as an opportunity for hope. That we believe God can do something really great in this time. Don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that God is causing this coronavirus, but that I believe he can make beautiful things from ashes. That I believe because I've seen his faithfulness that he can make all things work together for good for those that love him, for those that trust him, for those that obey him. What if instead of looking at this as a valley of trouble, we saw an opportunity for hope? There's this phrase that keeps popping up in news articles and magazines that I read and it feels like on the news that I watch and maybe you've heard it. It's this phrase, a new normal. This new normal that we find ourselves in. Now let me ask you, is this a new normal that is being given to you or is this a new normal that you are creating? By that, what I mean, is this a new normal? Whatever you find yourself right in, shelter in place, quarantine, wherever you are, this new normal that you find yourself in, Is this a time for you to survive, just make it through so that you can return to the way things always were, so that you can go back to the way things were? Or is this new normal something that you're creating, an opportunity to thrive? Because we're looking at this and we're saying, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the impact that's going to be lasting from this however long this is going to go on. We don't know how long we're not gonna be able to meet in person in this church. There are so many variables we do not know. Now we can see this as something to just survive or an invitation of God in this wilderness as an opportunity for hope, an opportunity to create a new normal. And I don't know 
what that new normal is going to look like. Like I said, this is an opportunity for something that we don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what your new normal should be, but I do know where it needs to start. I do know where it needs to begin. In John chapter 15, we see this beautiful imagery that Jesus is saying. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He sets up this picture of my father runs the whole vineyard. He runs this whole thing. And Jesus saying, I am the vine. Now the gardener, the father, he takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will will bear more fruit. It continues on. You are clean already because of the word that I've spoken to you. Pay attention to this. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as the branch, remember we are the branches, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. Remain in me, abide in me, and I in you. I would consider myself a creative person, whether that be writing music or playing music or or crafting messages and helping people understand new things, new ways to look at concepts, or or even through cooking, or even through painting and drawing. I, I, I consider myself artistic. And, and J- Pastor Jesse and I were laughing about this this week. Think about how much is going to be produced in this time. Think about all those musicians that can't tour right now. Think about all those authors who just have time on their hands at home that they're, they can be writing new books. They can be writing new music. And as a creative person, I begin to feel this pressure to produce, to create something in this time. Even, even you might be feeling this as you're working from home right now. You're thinking, I gotta make people know that I'm working right now so they don't think I'm just being lazy. How can I keep producing so that they see that I'm actually doing my job, that I'm working hard? There's this pressure to produce and that, that honestly started causing this anxiety in me of what am I producing right now? John, how are you letting people know that you're still alive, that you're still doing something? And I felt God say to me this week, that's not what I want from you right now in this season. It's not producing new things. It's not remaining relevant. But instead, in this wilderness time, in this new normal, as an opportunity that we have, what if you were just to remain in me first? What if you were just to abide in me? I love this picture that is given here from Jesus because if you notice, the branch has one job. The branch is not supposed to go and create grapes. That's not what it's supposed to do. The branch is supposed to remain in the vine, rest, abide in the vine. And as it does that, the Holy Spirit breathing life through the vine, the nutrients of life, if you want to continue in that picture, breathes through the vine into the branch, producing fruit. It's the Spirit's job to produce fruit in your life. We talked about this a couple years ago in our Believe series as we talked about the Holy Spirit, how, or sorry, the fruit of the Spirit, how it's not our job to create the fruit of the Spirit, to try to be, but instead to abide. And in that, the Holy Spirit produces that fruit. What would it look like for us right now to abide in this time, not worry about what we're producing or creating, but instead to say from our first posture of abiding in resting in him. What does that look like? Last week, Pastor Larry introduced us to breath prayers as a way to center ourselves as we go through our day. 
And if you, you know me, how I teach, I love prayer. I have seen great things happen in my life through prayer, the way that my relationship has been strengthened with God because of daily prayer. But to be honest and vulnerable with you, over the last few months, I've, I've found that the ways that I used to communicate with God have kind of been coming up short. I feel like I've been dry, like, like I'm not breaking through whatever it is. And, I, and honestly, I don't know what it is, but I knew that I needed to do something. And so I came across a very ancient way of prayer, but it's new to me and it might be new to you. And it's this way of prayer called the contemplative prayer, contemplative prayer. And one specific way that I'm doing that is through this thing called the examine. Now, contemplative prayer, the examine, however you want to label it, this is a way of recognizing that the experiences that you are going through in your life are shared with God, that he understands you. It's a way of resting in his presence. It's quieting your mind and resting in him. Now, if you're anything like me and you have a very overactive mind, that's easier said than done. So what I have found myself doing is starting off with a brief meditation to get my mind quiet enough to enter into contemplation. And I want to be clear about meditation. I'm not talking about an Eastern or a worldly meditation, which requires the emptying of one's mind, but biblical meditation, which requires the filling of one's mind. And so how I've been meditating is that I pick just a few words, and specifically this week, it's been Psalm 23, the first few words of Psalm 23, where I say, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And I say that five, seven, 10 times, however long it takes, honestly, until I feel like my mind is quieting, until I can cast out distractions. And so what I actually want to do right now in your house, if you will participate with me, I want to walk us through this ancient prayer of the examine. I want us to walk us through this. It's five steps of this. And I'm going to add a sixth because of my overactive mind, which requires the first step of meditation. And so if you will, wherever you are, I'm going to walk through this. And if you want to read this on the screen, I know it's, it's up there on the screen right now. If you want to read this, we are going to make this available on social media this week so that you can download it. You can screenshot it however you want to, so you can go back and read it. But right now, if you would, I want you just to close your eyes in your home. If you have kids, try your best to wrangle them in. If we could just close our eyes. And let's begin with a meditation. Let's continue with Psalm 23. Those first few words. If you'll just repeat after me. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. If you begin to say it in your head, if it's better for you to say it out loud, do that. Let's do it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. And as you begin to feel centered, we move into the next step of this examine prayer, which is asking for light. And by that, what I mean is that we're asking for God's presence to be made known in this moment. We believe that God is always with us. His spirit lives within us as followers of Jesus, but we don't want to miss a thing. And so we ask in this time, Father, we want to see you. We know you're moving. We know you're speaking. Holy Spirit, will you come? Fill this moment. Show us your goodness. Show us your presence. We move on to step two, which is a moment of gratitude. Think back in the last few hours. Think back this morning. Think back in the last 24 hours. What is a moment that brought you joy? What is something that you can be thankful for? For me, uh, I have a five-month-old son, Shepherd, 
And every day as I do this, it, it seems like that is the moment of joy that keeps coming up into my mind. And honestly, he didn't do a thing. It's normally moments that I think of where he yawns. It's the cutest thing watching a baby yawn. And, and that's what pops in my mind. Or I think about him just sitting in his jumper in his own little world, just what he is taking in and it brings me joy. What is your moment of joy? And then we thank God for it. We say, Father, thank you for the good gifts that you lavish us with. We move into step three. Step three is is focusing in on your strongest emotion. What was your strongest emotion in the last 24 hours? It could be anger. It could be fear, frustration. It could be joy. That could have been your strongest emotion in the last 24 hours. It could be an overwhelming sensation of peace. What is the strongest emotion you have felt in the last 24 hours? And then you begin to pick it apart. If it's anger, why, why, why was I angry? What caused me to be angry? What was really behind that anger? A couple days ago, anger was one of my strongest emotions. And as I, I begin to pick it apart and say, why was I actually angry in this time? I realized it was because I was afraid. I felt like I was on my own in this situation. I felt like I'd been abandoned. And then I really saw it for the root of what it was. What's your strongest emotion right now? Begin to pick it apart. And when you have that, you move into step four and you ask Jesus, did you feel this when you walked on this earth? When Jesus left his throne on heaven, when he became a man, when he was born on this earth and he lived his life throughout the scope of your life, Jesus, did you ever feel what I am feeling? Did you ever feel like you were abandoned? Did you ever feel lonely? Did you ever feel angry? Did you ever feel great joy? Did you feel what I am feeling? And then we ask, will you show me? Bring to my mind a passage of scripture. Bring to mind a story. For me, uh, one of the emotions that I felt, uh, I felt like it was a sinful emotion. I felt like this, this this emotion that I was feeling was not something that Jesus would have felt, but what I felt was his reassurance of saying, I know what you're feeling. I understand it. But instead of feeling this, this is how you overcome it. Feel this. When you start to feel this, do this. And this is personal. That's why I'm being vague. But what is it for you? Pause, listen. What does Jesus want to say to you right now? I love the passage in Hebrews We have a high priest, Jesus, who understands what we are going through. He understands. And then as we sit in that, however long it takes, this is the step that could be five minutes. You could sit in it for a half hour, however long you feel it's necessary. And then we move into our final step where we thank God that we are not alone. We thank God for the opportunity that almighty God would invite us into community with him, that we get to rest in his presence. We thank him for this opportunity. My friends, I I really wanna invite you into this, to do this daily. I've been starting my days like this uh, for a little while now and And what I've seen, the growth that I've seen is not that I'm no longer an angry person. I'm no longer an anxious person. I'm not fearful anymore. But here's what I can tell you, that as those emotions creep up, because they will, especially in this time, they will come up. 
that it feels like the Holy Spirit is louder right now telling me, hey, you don't need to be afraid. Take heart, I've overcome the world. You don't need to be angry right now. Think about all the good things I've given you. It's like the Holy Spirit is louder because as you abide in the vine, you feel more rest. You feel that spirit. You feel the presence of God in your life. So I wanna encourage you as you go through this week, would you consider trying this? We are finding ourselves with new time on our hands. I don't wanna say more time, but we're finding ourselves with different time. You're not commuting into work. Maybe some of you still are, but most of us aren't. We're shelter in place. You're not escaping the office to go out to lunch. You're going home or you're going downstairs. You're walking into the kitchen. We find ourselves with different time. Would you consider taking that time that you normally did for a commute and doing this exam in prayer? repurposing some of our time. And I believe, friends, that if we seize this opportunity for a new normal, an opportunity for hope, not silver lining, not that all things are just gonna be great again, but I believe we will come out of this on the other side of it stronger than ever. That's not worldly strength. That's not that we took the opportunity to work out at home and we look better than we ever have. We've got new beach bodies. That's not coming out of here more intellectual or any of that stuff because we read more books. That's stronger because we're leaning on who is stronger for us. We actually might be limping out of this time, but because we found a new dependence in God through this wilderness, we're stronger than ever before the way we were supposed to be stronger. If you would like to take a next step, I want to encourage you, let us know, maybe even a first step. You have questions, you can fill out on the connection card. You can let us know in in an instant message on our social media. You can email me, john, J-O-N, at ingate.org. Let us know. We have a journal that we'd love to put in your hands. It's called This Changes Everything. We will mail it to you. If we can't mail because the postal service is shut down, I'll drive it to your house or one of us on staff will drive it to your house to get in your hands. We would love to get that in your hands so that you can take next steps, continually grow through this time. Our theology here is still the same. It will not change in this time because it's for now, just like it's always been. That there's nothing that is so broken, it cannot be mended. There's nothing so lost that it cannot be found. And there's nothing so dead that it cannot be resurrected. You might be looking out into our landscape, the economy, this culture. You might feel hopeless. You might feel dead. You might feel broken. You might be looking at yourself because you find yourself at home alone more than you ever thought possible and you see new brokenness. God's desire is the same as it's always been, to make things new. He can resurrect. He can mend. He can find you and he wants to. I wanna leave you with a blessing found in the book of Lamentations. And, and, and we do this every week. We hold our hands out in a posture of receiving. And if you would, where you are right now, would you hold your hands out? This is a, a passage in Lamentations chapter three, verse 22 through 24. If I could read this over you. The Lord's loyal kindness never ceases. His compassion never ends. They are fresh every morning. Your faithfulness is abundant. My portion is the Lord, I've said to myself. So I will put my hope in him. We love you guys. We hope to connect with you this week any way that we can. And we will see you soon.